The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, August 25th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The highly anticipated Jackson Hole Symposium kicks off today. We are there with the latest. China takes steps to stimulate its economy. Chipmaker NVIDIA gives a disappointing sales forecast. And we have the latest reaction to President Biden's plan to forgive a portion of student loans held by millions. The NYPD has ordered no unnecessary talking among police officers while out in the streets, plus the Uvalde, Texas school police chief has been fired. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. A longtime giant back in practice. The Mets begin a homestand against Colorado. The Yankees start a road trip in Oakland. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. We are coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 19 points this morning. Dow futures up 81 and NASDAQ futures up 69. The DEX in Germany is little changed. Ten-year treasury up 5.30 seconds. Yield 3.08% and a yield on the two-year 3.36%. NYMEX crude oil little changed at $94.95 a barrel. Nathan. Karen, it is the the event Wall Street's been waiting for all week. The Federal Reserve's annual Jackson Hole Economic Symposium kicks off today, and Bloomberg's Tom Keene is in Jackson Hole covering it for us. Nathan and Karen, hugely anticipated Jackson Hole. Some of them have been really pretty quiet, but we look out today and into the chairman's speech Friday. And we can say this time is different. We've got markets on the move. We've got foreign exchange on the move. But far more, we've got this huge transatlantic divide, the difference in the economies of Europe and a beleaguered United Kingdom and a relatively strong United States. All right, Tom, thanks. Please stick with Tom Keene and the rest of the Bloomberg team for complete live coverage of the Jackson Hole Symposium. Tom, along with Lisa Abramowitz and Jonathan Farrow, will have a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance beginning next hour, 7 a.m. on both Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Nathan, as Tom mentioned, the key event at Jackson Hole takes place tomorrow when Fed Chairman Jay Powell delivers a highly anticipated speech. Charles Schwab, chief investment strategist Lizanne Saunders, does not think the Fed will change course and pivot to cutting rates. In my mind, the only condition under which the Fed would so quickly move to a rate-cutting mode would not just be a retreat in inflation. I think that would damage their credibility if they went to rate-cutting simply because inflation has started to come down. That would only, I think, be preceded by a, a, a much more significant worsening in the economy than what we already have here and or a much more significant worsening in the labor market. 
Charles Schwab, chief investment strategist Liz Ann Saunders, says she could see the Fed pivoting to slower rate hikes rather than rate cuts. As you mentioned, Karen, U.S. futures are higher ahead of Jackson Hole. In Asia, stocks rose for the first time in six sessions as investors welcomed an extra $146 billion in pledge stimulus from Chinese authorities. Let's get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index jumped the most in two weeks, driven by gains across the region, including in Japan, China, Hong Kong and South Korea. Trade in Hong Kong was shuttered in the morning session due to a storm warning, but equities jumped the most in two weeks in the afternoon session on the back of the China stimulus announcement. The Aussie also rose as traders bet the stimulus would boost demand for commodities. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thank you. A couple of stocks here in the U.S. on the move in the pre-market. Shares of NVIDIA down 4% in early trading. The chipmaker gave a disappointing forecast for the current quarter. And we get the details from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Just two weeks ago, NVIDIA warned sales for its recent quarter would come in well below original expectations. A drop in demand for PC gaming chips got the blame, along with challenging market conditions. Well, now guidance for the current quarter suggests the slump is going to last. For Q3, revenue will be about $5.9 billion, roughly a billion below the average analyst estimate. NVIDIA is contending with a rapid shift from supply shortages to ballooning stockpiles of unsold products. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thanks. On the flip side, shares of Snowflake are surging more than 17%. Let's get more on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. The company, which helps businesses organize data in the cloud, projected quarterly product sales that'll top estimates. Snowflake charges customers based on how much they use its data storage and analytics products rather than charging a flat rate subscription. Now, you may recall Snowflake rose to prominence in September of 2020 with one of the biggest U.S. IPOs for a software company. But ever since reaching a record share price of almost $402 in in November, the stock has tumbled 60%. Live in Washington, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, shares of Tesla are up 1.5% in early trading. We get the reason why from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. A three-for-one split of Tesla stock went into effect after the markets closed yesterday. The split-adjusted shares begin trading today. Tesla said when it proposed the split that it wanted to be able to offer equity options to every employee. But stock in the electric vehicle maker will also be more affordable for retail investors looking to buy individual shares. Employees who are invested in the company stand to benefit if new investors push the stock higher. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thanks. Let's turn to Washington, where President Biden's made his long-awaited announcement on student loan forgiveness. He's canceling $10,000 in college debt for Americans who earn less than $125,000, $20,000 if they received a Pell Grant. And he's also extending the pause on repayments through the end of the year, capping them at 5% of monthly income. All this means people can start, finally crawl out from under that mountain of debt to get on top of their rent and their utilities. But the move by President Biden's adding to concerns about inflation. Rick Davis is a contributor for Bloomberg Politics. It just took a year for Biden to pass the Inflation Reduction Act, which mm-hmm. which reduced the national debt by just under $300 billion. He just added $500 billion, including the extension, maybe even more, uh, uh, to replace that. Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. 
Well, Nathan, futures are higher this morning. S&P futures up 19 points, Dow futures up 84, and NASDAQ futures up 72. 10-year Treasury up 432 seconds, yield 3.08%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Karen, thank you. 607 on Wall Street, 74 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident in the outbound Holland Tunnel that we'll tell you about in traffic in just a few minutes. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The MTA will hold a meeting today about congestion pricing. The public will get a chance to speak about the controversial plan. Some drivers could see up to $23 every time they drive into certain parts of Manhattan. The NYPD ordered officers to stop unnecessary chatting while on the job. The New York Post reports the orders came from a department-wide memo. Several weeks ago, Mayor Eric Adams was recorded criticizing officers for standing around talking while working. Adams said they should spread out for better coverage. The school district police chief in Uvalde, Texas, was fired last night. The school board voted unanimously to release police chief Pete Arredondo. The motion was introduced by trustee Laura Perez and received unanimous support. Finally, I move to authorize the superintendent to issue written notice to Mr. Arredondo of this board action, including filing any needed reports required by the termination. Trustee Laura Perez and community members slammed Arredondo for what they said was his slow response and all of the children who died as a result of that mass shooting. The widow of the late Kobe Bryant has been awarded $16 million in a lawsuit against Los Angeles County. Vanessa Bryant had sued the county after pictures taken by a sheriff's deputy and firefighter at the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash site was shared with a number of people. She called it an invasion of privacy, which led to emotional distress. The Biden administration has won an Idaho judge's order ensuring women abortions in medical emergencies. More from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. The Idaho law had defined the right to abortion to a woman whose life was in danger. The judge ruled it too narrow and then ruled that there would be no prosecution of doctors who perform abortions in an emergency. Now, just yesterday, a Texas judge ruled the other way. The conflicting rulings show the patchwork of abortion laws on the books, but it does give the Biden administration some precedent to continue to pursue cases. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 6.09 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. Well-earned days off for the Mets and Yankees back tonight. Mets will have Jacob DeGrom on the mound at City Field against Colorado. Start of a 10-game homestand. The Dodgers in Washington will follow in. The Atlanta Braves won again 14-2 in Pittsburgh. And the Braves are only a game and a half behind the Mets. The Yankees are tonight in Oakland. That's a team that is 20-41 and 41 at home. The Yanks have won three in a row all by the same score of 4-2. The Giants lost a wide receiver and got one back. Colin Johnson looked good. In the two preseason wins, he had 11 catches, but he just tore his Achilles in practice. Just as Sterling Shepard, entering his seventh season with the Giants, made his first appearance in practice back from his Achilles injury suffered late last season. Giants and Jets have their annual preseason game Sunday afternoon at MetLife. NFL Hall of Famer Len Dawson has died at 87. Quarterback Kansas City to an upset win in Super Bowl IV. 
The PGA Tour responded to players leaving for the new Live Tour with new policies and initiatives, more bigger events, a commitment from top players to play in them, and more prize money at those events. The commissioner is Jim Monahan. This is a remarkable time for the tour. We have and always will be the ultimate platform for a player who wants to compete for the trophies and the titles that matter most. To now have our top players rally around this organization and commit to a portfolio of tournaments like never before. Monaghan worked with the likes of Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy on these new policies. No lack of prize money on the line this weekend. The season-ending tour championship tees off today in Atlanta, and the winner wins $18 million. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. S&P futures up 18 points. Staff futures up 80. NASDAQ futures up 71 points. Ten-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds, yield 3.09% yield on the two-year, 3.37. All this ahead of the kickoff of the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. Talk more about what Chairman Powell might have to say tomorrow morning. Ira Jersey, Chief U.S. Rate Strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence, joins us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny near 90 today. Maybe a late-day shower or storm tomorrow, upper 80s. Mostly sunny, upper 80s for Saturday, mid-80s, partly to mostly sunny by Sunday. Right now, 74 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are on the rise as China's massive stimulus steadies some nerves in the anxious wait for a key speech by Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. Treasury yields and the dollar gauge are dipping. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 19 points. Dow futures up 83. NASDAQ futures up 74. The DAX in Germany is up a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 4.30 seconds. Yield 3.08%. The yield on the two-year, 3.0%. 36%. NYMEX crude oil is up a tenth of a percent or 10 cents at $94.99 a barrel. COMEX gold up 8 tenths percent or $14.70 at 17.76 10 an ounce. The euro is at 0.9981 against the dollar. British pound 1.1828 and the yen 136.54 and look at a Bitcoin. It's little change at $21,690. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Reaction to President Biden's announcement of $10,000 in student loan forgiveness. Some expected more debt cancellation. Others called it another handout adding to the country's deficit woes. Senator Mitch McConnell called it a slap in the face to every family who sacrificed to save for college every graduate who paid their debt. A Russian missile strike in Ukraine killed at least 22 people on the day that the nation was celebrating 31 years of independence from the old Soviet Union. In baseball, the Red Sox and Orioles lost. The Nationals won. The A's beat the Marlins in 10 innings, 3-2. The Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan? All right, Michael, thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak as we get set for the kickoff of the Jackson Hole 
Economic Symposium in mere hours now. We're joined by Ira Jersey, Chief U.S. Rates Strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence. Ira, good morning. We've seen a lot of movement in the rates market in the lead up to this confab. What do you see uh, Treasury traders pricing in ahead of Powell's comments tomorrow? Yeah, so still pricing in uh, additional interest rate hikes and, and one hike at least in 2023, which is a bit different than what we saw after the, the last uh, Federal Reserve meeting when Jay Powell's, um, uh, I guess his, his press conference was taken as somewhat dovish. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he says in terms of, you know, how, what their propensity to really fight inflation is, how worried they are about some areas of the economy starting to slow. And, um, and just how serious they are in terms of, um, uh, in terms of getting inflation and inflation expectations back down because, um, you know, one of the risks that they have at this point is that, um, inflation and wages continue to grow pretty significantly and you get a, a wage price spiral similar to what you had in the uh, 1970s. Are you expecting any clarity from the chairman tomorrow? Well, I, I am, and I suspect that he will end up saying that um, that the Fed is very serious about fighting inflation, that we're going to keep on hiking into 2023, because I, I think what the market kind of missed in uh, in their their pricing of expectations for the Fed over the next couple of years um, since the last Fed meeting is that when, when Jay Powell said they're going to slow the pace of purchases, yes, they're going to not be hiking at 75 basis points every meeting. We, you know, we had never expected them to continue to do that. But what, what the market, I think, is getting is missing is that they, they may go much further uh, for longer. So, in other words, they, they might only hike at 25 basis point increments come this fall, but they might go into middle of next year in, and, and hike interest rates well above 4%, which is not being priced in the market right now. And I think that Jay Powell is going to hint that that's the path that the uh, Fed ultimately is going to take. You put out a note on uh, Bloomberg Intelligence this week that the Treasury curve inversion could resume after the Jackson Hole address. It it sounds like that's kind of what you're alluding to in terms of the uh, chairman giving more clarity. But, you know, I'm I'm just a simple guy. We've been in Treasury curve inversion for quite some time, haven't we? Well, it's been a couple of months, which isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. And I think the magnitude of inversion matters at some level, too, and will highlight that how aggressive ultimately the Federal Reserve is going to be. So shorter-term interest rates, like two-year notes, for example, might wind up moving up toward 38 3.9%, so another you know, 30, 40 basis points higher in terms of yield. And I think longer-term yields, like the 10-year yield, might only move back up toward they call it three and a quarter percent, and and on the expectation that at some point in 2024, 2025, the Federal Reserve is going to cut interest rates quite a lot and, and wind up going back toward two and a half percent or so in terms of the Fed funds rate after getting up to four and a half. So so the the curve is going to have to um, you know I think price pretty aggressively a you know a much deeper inversion of the curve and and that's. That, that wouldn't be a, a big surprise. That, that would be unusual for the last 20 years, but it, it's not that unusual in, in the whole history of the, of the market, especially when inflation dynamics are much different than they have been um, over, over the recent past. So you go back to the 1980s and, and the early 1990s, and inversions of, of uh, 50, 60 basis points are not that unusual.
So in our last minute here, Ira, you don't see a whole lot of wiggle room then for the Fed, given the uh, weakness in some of the economic data we've seen of late? Well, so what, what's interesting is we've seen some sectors, some weakness. You know, housing market is, is a, certainly a big one. But when you, when you look at the wage data and uh, you think about how wage price spirals tend to develop, um, there still is a, a significant amount of, of inflation at the core level that seems to be accelerating. So you still have faster inflation at the core level. That means that uh, it can, inflation in general can be much stickier, you know, not at 8%, but you can wind up being stickier at 35 or 4%, which is still way above what, where the Federal Reserve wants inflation to be, which is one of the reasons I think ultimately they'll have to hike a little bit further than what the market's currently priced. Yeah, interesting to see whether we're going to get that kind of clarity from Chairman Powell tomorrow, uh, right around 10 a.m. Wall Street time when he makes that speech. Ira Jersey, Chief U.S. Interest Rate Strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence. Thanks for being with us this morning as we get ready for the kickoff of the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium this morning. We're going to have full coverage beginning with Bloomberg Surveillance in Jackson Hole. That starts uh, just about a half hour from now, 7 a.m. Wall Street time, right here on Bloomberg Radio and on Bloomberg Television. S&P futures up 21 points, Dow futures up 95, Nasdaq futures up 85 points. Ten-year Treasury yield right now, 3.08%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny going to near 90 today. We'll have a late day shower or thunderstorm tomorrow, otherwise sunshine upper 80s. Mostly sunny upper 80s Saturday, mid 80s, and sunshine on Sunday. Right now, 72 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. It's time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers Global Analyst helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash ga. Up first, the event Wall Street's been waiting for, the Federal Reserve's annual Jackson Hole Economic Symposium kicks off today. Bloomberg's Lisa Abramowitz is covering it for us in Jackson Hole. Join us at a monumental Jackson Hole Symposium hosted by the Kansas City Federal Reserve. This is going to be one of the most consequential meetings of Fed officials as they digest some of the changes facing the economy, facing inflation, facing monetary policy as we know it. Some of the big questions Jay Powell will be addressing include where is the terminal rate? Where should rates end up in an economy beset by inflation? And what should we expect in an employment market that still is strong yet is showing signs of I'm Lisa Abramowitz, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Lisa, thanks. Well, please stick with Bloomberg for complete live coverage of the Jackson Hole Symposium. Lisa, along with Tom Keen and Jonathan Farrow, will have a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance beginning at 7 a.m. on both Bloomberg Radio and television. Well, of course, the key event, Karen, is Fed Chair Jay Powell's highly anticipated speech tomorrow morning. Morgan Stanley Chief Investment Officer Mike Wilson tells Bloomberg he's not too concerned if Powell signals a rate hike pivot. The big change this time versus, say, prior periods when markets got excited about a Fed pivot, 
is this time they're not going to. So most investors, I think, are realistic about the Fed and inflation. What they're not realistic about is they're not accounting for the negative operating leverage that we're about to experience. Morgan Stanley CIO Mike Wilson says he is bearish on equity markets because of quantitative tightening. On Wall Street, shares of NVIDIA down 3.6% after the chipmaker released a weak quarterly forecast. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. NVIDIA recently warned sales would come in well below expectations. And yesterday, it gave a disappointing forecast for the current period, adding to signs of weakness in the semiconductor industry. Fiscal third quarter revenue will be about $5.9 billion, compared with average analyst estimates of $6.92 billion. NVIDIA claims declined. Declining, blames declining demand for chips used in gaming computers. Live in Washington, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 73 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash in Farmingdale, westbound Hempstead Turnpike at Route 109. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The NYPD ordered officers to stop unnecessary conversation while on the job. The New York Post reports the orders came from a department-wide memo. Several weeks ago, Mayor Eric Adams was recorded criticizing officers for standing around talking while working. Adams said they should spread out for better coverage. Last night, Mayor Adams also held a community conversation about public safety. This city was a mess. Don't kid yourselves. It wasn't you. It was a city of just complete dysfunctionality. You couldn't even get a inspection done in time in the Department of Builders. You you thought that every time someone walked inside your small business from an agency, they came with a fine book instead of saying, how do I keep your doors open? Mayor Adams held the meeting on Staten Island. Uvalde School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo has been fired by the school board after the May 24th mass shooting at the town's Robb Elementary School. Vicente Salazar's granddaughter, Layla, died that day. The termination was long coming. I think it should have been done immediately, but it wasn't. It took us three months to get this done. Presente Salazar was one of many community members who spoke before the vote to fire Arredondo. The MTA will hold a meeting today about congestion pricing. The public will get a chance to speak about the controversial plan. Some drivers could see up to $23 every time they drive into certain parts of Manhattan. More busloads of migrants are expected to arrive today in New York City from Texas. Earlier, migrants were seen wearing what appear to be tracking bracelets from Texas. President Joe Biden is moving to erase $10,000 in federal student loan debt for those with incomes below $125,000 a year or households that earn less than $250,000. Republicans say the president is trying to bribe voters ahead of the midterms and will only make inflation worse, but Biden said the cost of going to college has settled a generation of Americans with high debt. The burden is so heavy that even if you graduate, you may not have access to the middle-class life that the college degree once provided. Many people, many people can't qualify for a mortgage to buy a home because of the debt they continue to carry. President Biden is also canceling an additional $10,000 for those who receive federal Pell Grants. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 
Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan, a welcome sight at Giants practice. Veteran wideout Sterling Shepard back on the field, back from the Achilles injury he suffered late last season, but it comes on the same day that another wideout, Colin Johnson, hurt his Achilles. So his season's over before it begins, and Johnson had looked good in the two Giants preseason wins. The Giants looked to cap a 3-0 preseason when they faced the Jets Sunday afternoon at MetLife. Hall of Famer Len Dawson has died at 87, grew up in Ohio, one of 11 kids, six straight seasons in the 1960s. He had the AFL's highest completion percentage. Led the Chiefs to two Super Bowls, the loss to Green Bay in the first one, and then the upset win in Super Bowl four. Yankees are in Oakland tonight, first to four with the A's. It's a 10-game road trip. It'll see them also face the Angels and Rays. Aaron Boone's team seemingly snapped out of its slump with three straight wins. It's been a tough stretch. We're grinding. I, I think I think these wins can go a long way and and kind of helping you build a little bit of confidence and and get that swagger back a little bit. Hopefully, Yankees don't return home until September fifth. The Mets off a four and six road trip that saw their NL East lead over Atlanta shrink to a game and a half. Now home for ten straight, beginning tonight against Colorado with Jacob Degrom on the mound. The Mets will try to avoid. What would be only their third three-game losing streak of the season? MLB out with the 2023 schedule. Fewer division games, more interleague games. The Yankees actually will start the season against the San Francisco Giants. Season-ending tour championship golf tees off today in Atlanta. Top 29 players vying for prize money. We'll see the winner collect $18 million. This is the PGA is increasing prize money next year in an effort to keep players from leaving for the Live Tour. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. All right, John. Thank you. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. A busy morning for Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Given all the earnings news we've gotten this morning, Creedy, and some uh, new concerns or maybe adding to the concerns about a slump in the chip sector this morning. You know, Nathan, it feels kind of silly to talk about earnings as we all really gear up for Jackson Hole. Nevertheless, it is a big story, especially for one of the major heavyweights in the S&P 500. Of course, I am talking about NVIDIA, NVDA is your ticker down about three and a half percent in pre-market trading we should also note that this is in an environment where the market is actually higher going in uh, to today's session so nvidia coming out and they're saying not only did they warn warn earlier this month that its sales would slip on top of that they gave a pretty disappointing forecast and of course this comes as you pointed out justly that this is coming with a broader kind of background of chips demand slumping broadly and the reason this is so important on a economic perspective is simply that chips and similar to the way that oil demand, for example, in a way kind of serves as a proxy for the broader economy and where they expect the consumer spending picture, not just here in the United States, but globally is going to go. And really that becomes the concerning part of NVIDIA's numbers. They said their fiscal third quarter revenue will be about $5.9 billion. The average analyst estimate was much, much higher, just shy of about $7 billion. So once again, you do see a major miss there. The gross margin in the meantime, the percentage of sales uh, that basically comes after you pull out the cost of production, it's only 65%. That is not a margin that you want in this chip sector. So once again, not great numbers coming out of NVIDIA. And on top of that, likely to weigh on the market session today. But it's also in line, I would say, with what you're seeing in some of the other tech names. Uh, Salesforce, for example, also missing their revenue projections. CRM is your ticker, down 6.4% in the pre-market. But to kind of turn things around on the tech space, Nathan, you also have the likes of Snowflake, S-N-O-W, the software company, surging up about 17.5%. And, well, they actually see a strong sales forecast and new customers on top of that. Yeah, I know in our last few seconds here, Creedy, you're going to be watching Tesla pretty closely after the stock split. 
You know, the stock split was announced a while back, so we knew that yeah. this was kind of coming, but this looks like the effect is finally taking shape. TSLA is your ticker, up 1.7%. This, of course, follows a three-for-one stock split. The idea here being that Tesla shares are now actually affordable. They're trading at about three, 302 right now, once again, making it far more easier for the retail base to access. All right, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us this morning. As she mentioned, yeah, we're all getting ready for the Jackson Hole Symposium to kick off, but a lot of individual names to keep an eye on this morning. Looking ahead to the market open, futures are higher. S&P futures up 21 points, Dow futures up 92. NASDAQ futures uh, leading the gains this morning up 87 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 430 seconds, yield now 3.08% on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny near 90 today. Could see a late-day shower or storm tomorrow. Otherwise, sunshine and highs in the upper 80s. Mostly sunny upper 80s Saturday, mid-80s, sunshine Sunday. Right now, 72 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are on the rise this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures trading in the green right now. Dow futures up 106 points. S&P's gained 24. Will Nasdaq futures rise by 97? The U.S. 10-year-old at 3.09%. Gold is up 11. Oil is little changed. And Bitcoin is also trading little changed. Hong Kong jumped 3.6% overnight as China added $146 billion of more stimulus. And European markets are quiet right now. Back in the U.S. on the economic front, a third initial jobless claims in GDP. And after the bell last night, NVIDIA gave a disappointing forecast. Salesforce revenue projections missed estimates, but Snowflake gave a strong sales forecast. Regarding earnings this morning, Dollar General EPS beat estimates. And wrapping things up, Lazy Boy was got to market perform over at Raymond James. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. To hear live breaking news on your Bloomberg, type squawk on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Uvalde, Texas School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo has been fired following allegations that he made several critical mistakes during a mass shooting that left 19 students and two teachers dead. A flash flood warning is in effect for much of Mississippi after torrential rains caused evacuation washed out roads and led to water rescues. Air regulators in California are expected to announce today that there will be a statewide ban on the sale of new gasoline vehicles by 2035. In baseball, the Red Sox and Orioles lost. The Nationals won. The A's beat the Marlins in 10 innings, 3-2. The Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street. And we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Learn more at NJIT.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. 
Years late and billions over budget, NASA's new moon rocket makes its debut next week in a high-stakes test flight before astronauts get on top. The 322-foot rocket will attempt to send an empty crew capsule into a far-flung lunar orbit 50 years after NASA's famed Apollo moonshots. If all goes well, astronauts could strap in as soon as 2024 for a lap around the moon, with NASA aiming to land two people on the lunar surface by the end of 2025. Liftoff is set for a Monday morning from NASA's Kennedy Space Center. The price tag for this single mission, more than $4 billion. More signs of weakness in the semiconductor industry. NVIDIA giving a disappointing forecast for the current period. And that comes two weeks after the company warned that sales for the latest quarter would come in well below original expectations. And in the U.K., two research groups said the government will have to draw up previously unthinkable measures on the energy crisis. The Resolution Foundation and the British Chambers of Congress are calling for COVID-style emergency support to deal with soaring costs. Natural gas prices are now 10 times higher than the last decade's average. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it's almost uh, 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden's student loan relief, adding a new wrinkle to the inflation debate. The Biden administration winning an emergency abortion act ruling in Idaho, the Twitter whistleblower to be a star witness in Congress, and Homeland Security scrapping a disinformation board that Republicans had blasted. Joining us now, Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick. Jack, good morning. Of course, the uh, big story of the moment is President Biden's long-awaited announcement on student loan relief. I just saw a headline cross the Bloomberg terminal that student loan sites have crashed after the announcement, so certainly the beneficiaries uh, potentially are taking notice of this. But what's the reaction in Washington? Uh, on Capitol Hill, it's fairly positive among Democrats. Obviously, Republicans are opposed to this. Uh, it was something they they were never on board with. Uh, there was a question as to how Biden would thread the needle between the progressives calling for much more than this. The progressive me- members were calling for up to $50,000 forgiveness. Uh, and then there are some other uh, Democrats who actually don't like this. Michael Bennett. The senator from uh, Colorado, who's got a potentially tough reelection campaign, uh, said this should have been targeted further. You see that $125,000 income limit uh, potentially could have been lower. The White House has said the vast majority of this, about 90 percent of the benefits would go to people making uh, no more than $75,000. But it has provoked that debate on uh, how much uh, that top-line amount of debt forgiveness they should have gone with and how who that should apply to and how they target that uh, to people who are, are not just the top earners. Uh, overall, not a ton of pushback from Democrats, though, and it, it was a key campaign promise from Biden that could be popular. You know, you look at someone like Senator Raphael Warnock, who's got a tough re-election campaign in Georgia and campaigned on this. So uh, a number of Democrats are at least happy about it. And it is sort of uh, raising questions as well about the debate on inflation. We had just uh, heard from Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis on Sound On last night saying that, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act uh, cut $300 billion from the deficit. This could potentially add even more than that uh, to the deficit. 
Yes, uh, 400 to 600 billion dollars is the range put out initially by the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, which is a fiscally conservative a- advocacy group that tends to be good on those kinds of, uh, n- numbers. Uh, it may be even more inflationary in its effects than the disinflationary effects of the, uh, so-called Inflation Reduction Act. You know, reducing the deficit is one thing that has a disinflationary impact, but this, this is a policy that would seemingly uh, go toward affecting consumption. It's something that gives people money uh, fairly directly. So it, it may be more inflationary than, uh, you know, an increase in the corporate minimum tax rate would be disinflationary. And overall, if you were to pair these two actions together, it is something that over the next 10 years would slightly increase the deficit. Both of those fairly minimal effects on inflation. The numbers that have come out from economists uh, on on this say it could drive inflation up by about 0.1 to 0.3 percentage points. But yeah, this is a policy that would be more inflationary rather than disinflationary. And that does cut against what the president has tried to emphasize in terms of him uh, taking action to reduce inflation. Well, outside Washington, Jack, the Biden administration's uh, gotten a legal win in its uh, ongoing effort to uh, secure uh, abortion access. Yes, in Idaho, uh, a judge sided with the Biden administration, arguing that the uh, Idaho Idaho has a a, a pretty strict uh, abortion ban that went into place after the Dobbs ruling that makes an exception for cases in which the uh, life of the woman could be endangered. But there are federal requirements for uh, Medicare providers in any case to give uh, sufficient emergency aid. Uh, and in this ruling, the judge said that waiting until it appears to threaten the life of the woman uh, rather than just uh, addressing potentially severe health effects uh, is too strict. Now, that there was actually a, a similar issue in Texas where a judge uh, held the opposite ruling. Uh, but this is, uh, one, good news for the Biden administration as they try to push back on restrictions to access abortion. Uh, and it kind of a, a, a way to highlight that uh, the Biden administration and their lawyers are looking for any laws that might even be seemingly unrelated to abortion access that could have effects uh, to chip away at some of these state laws. In our last minute or so here, Jack, let's talk about the Twitter whistleblower. Obviously, it's getting a lot of attention when it comes to uh, Elon Musk's bid to walk out of the Twitter buyout. But now his complaints have sparked a congressional hearing. Yes. uh, So the Senate Judiciary Committee is going to hold a hearing and uh, it will include testimony from the Twitter whistleblower. It's going to be September 13th. Uh, There is bipartisan interest in this. Uh, Dick Durbin and Chuck Grassley, the two uh, top members, Democrat and Republican, on that Senate committee have both said that the allegations of of security failures uh, and potential foreign state interference at Twitter are, are serious concerns for them. Uh, So it's uh, one potentially an explosive uh, Senate committee hearing and also an issue that clearly has bipartisan concern.
And one more thing to watch coming out of the uh, August recess, which has been anything but slow for Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick. Jack, thanks for being with us this morning. Read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And, of course, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. The focus turns now to Jackson Hole and the kickoff of the economic symposium there. Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz are getting set for full coverage on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance that begins in just minutes here on Bloomberg Radio. Ahead of that, futures are moving higher. We have S&P futures up 23 points, Dow futures up 103, NASDAQ futures are higher by 98 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds. The yield now 3.09%, and the yield on the two-year, 3.37%. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. You have been listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. The countdown has begun. This May, a 1,000 global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.